like a magic trick. Hey, how are you guys doing? Um, I'm preaching again today, so you guys are welcome. Um, tonight, come for the real sermon is my, or Miles, um, that's my son's name, as Clayton Chisholm cleans up whatever I'm about to say in the business meeting. Uh, so if you want the real sermon, he'll package it well. Anyway, so if you're here last week, uh, we were in the, the tail end of Matthew 6, and we talked about storing up your treasures in heaven. And how many of you guys, when you got home, you looked around at your treasures and you thought, I'm disgusting. I, I did. Um, I got home and I was like, I have too many treasures. I didn't do anything about it. Um, but some of those treasures I bought because somebody sold them to me. I was like, I don't need that. And then they were like, yeah, you need it. And I was like, yeah, I need it. And um, I, I just wanted to know by, by show of hands, how many of you guys love going to the car dealership and just like being sold to? Nobody? Oh, you love, you love the pitch. You love like, yeah, like, oh, I want that Honda Civic. I don't even desire, you know? Um, and most of the time it happens like that. Or even um, when you're staying at home and you're having a great day and then someone knocks at your door and you were just like in your underwear eating potato chips and which is what people online are doing, which is fine. Hey, do it. Um, it's a joke. Please don't hate me. Um, but what, what happens is somebody knocks at your door, you throw on clothes real quick and you run to the door and then they're like, hey, we've got this Windex, right? And you're like, I have Windex and you try to shut the door and they're like, no, 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 no. this isn't like, normal Windex, this gets the gunk out of your gunky areas. And you're like, okay, well, I don't really need that. I've got goo gone. And they're like, but you don't have this. And they keep persisting, and then they come inside, and then you make them dinner, and then you, they're, they're cleaning up your stuff, and you're like, I didn't know that I needed the gunk remover spray. And then you buy like 98 bottles, and then the refillable bottles, and then you have the subscription. And then later on, when they leave, you have to cancel the subscription, but you've already paid $250, and why wouldn't you have the subscription? And all of that kind of stuff. You guys have never done that, right? Just me? Okay, just me. Um, but we, we don't like being sold to, and when we're being sold to, it, it, it creates this question inside of our hearts, and it's this What's your angle? So what, what, what's your angle? That's like, what are you trying to get at? If, if someone's trying to sell you on something, that's like, if you're, if you're like a good, like poker face type of person, like that's the question you're going to ask. Like, what's your angle? Like, what are you trying to sell me? Why are you trying to sell it to me? Why are you trying to sell it to me? Is it because I look like I'm gullible? I am. Okay? And, and it's, it's that whole thing of like, we, we ask ourselves, and, and what I believe today in Matthew 7, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 7. I believe we get... A question like this. What's your angle? And, and it's, not, it's not painted like that, but it, it's, it makes us uh, come to that conclusion of what's my angle? So the question today, you're going to be hearing the same word over and over and over and over again. You'll deal with it. But think about it in this way. What is your angle concerning it? This is what Matthew 7, 1 through 6 says, it says, do not judge. And I, I bet you guys love this verse um, because it's probably been said back to you a million times. Um, do not judge so that you won't be judged. For you will be judged by the same standard in which you judge others. And you will be measured by the same measure you use. Why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eye and don't notice the beam of wood in your own eye? I. 
Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the splinter out of your eye and look, there's a beam of wood in your own eye. Hypocrite. First, take the beam of wood out of your eye and then you will see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's eye. Don't give what is holy to dogs or toss pearls before pigs or they will trample them under their feet, turn and tear you to pieces. What a heartwarming passage. What a beautiful heartwarming passage. Not really. And actually the first verse, which is do not judge so that you won't be judged, has probably been spouted back to any Christian who a non-Christian has evaluated you, right? Any time that we've been up against anybody that, that, it, that does not believe the same, we, the same way that we do, if we say anything to them, that has been the thing that they said, you know what, I know one thing in the Bible, and it is that you should not judge me. Boom. And when people say, I'm going to judge you, or when they say, don't judge me, that makes us mad, and then it makes us say things like, I'm going to judge you even harder, you know, and that kind of thing. It's not the right heart either. And it, it, it kind of funnels us into this area where I, we say, what is right? If there's a right way to judge, we want to know how to do it. If, if judging is wrong, we don't want to do it. I believe that each and every one of you in this room are not here by accident, for one, but also... You're not here because life is going perfect and you do not need any more Jesus in your life. I believe that every single person in this room can evaluate their life and say, you know what, there's stuff that I need to do better. There are things that I need to let go of. So the first thing is this. We must judge ourselves. When we dive into this, we see that we have to judge ourselves. That's why it's saying don't judge others lest you be judged, right? So don't judge others. Judge yourself first, first and foremost. There is this plank that is in our eyes, okay? It's, in our, it's, it's what, what happens. And what I was going to do when I was going to preach this is I was just going to be like a sideshow act. And I was just going to like get like a big like two by four. And I was just like, look at this. This is what you look like walking around with a big plank. Like, guys, you guys are going to go, yay, that was a cool trick, Noah. But as I read further, like there's, there's so much more to this. It's not this, this whole thing of like, deal with your sin. It's like this whole heart change that you have to go through if we're talking about judgment. And the fact of the matter is that we, we can't see anything because we, we have this, this plank inside of our eye. And everywhere we look, it's hitting the ground, it's hitting everything. It's the problem in our own lives. So when we see something in the distance that we can judge, we judge it. Now, there, I move a lot while I'm on stage. I'm sorry, camera people. Okay, I'm moving on purpose right now. Do you guys see the glint, like the little tiny like glitter that's like all over me? Okay. I've been asked about it all day. This is what happened. I was trying to be a good dad, all right? My wife was in Texas for a few days because she deserved to have a girls weekend. So she went and had a girls weekend. And I'm just hanging out at the house and my kids are being kids. And me, I'm a great dad. And I was, 
I had lost my ever-loving mind, all right? And my son had a new Miles Morales Spider-Man. If you don't know who that is, it's the, it's the black and red Spider-Man. So it's not like the regular, like Peter Parker Spider-Man. It's like the, they had a, anyway, it was a, it's a good one. Anyway, so um, his name is Miles. Miles Morales is the Spider-Man. He was wearing it. He was webbing his sister. And his sister was like, I want to wear something. And I was like, you know what? You can wear whatever you want. Miles didn't want like any of his stuff to be worn. Like he has like a fireman outfit and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? Let's go to your room. Let's figure out something for you to wear. And then she started giving me this thing called a Cinderella dress. All right. And it's got the glitter on. You guys have seen it, right? And um, it gets over everything, right? So I tried talking her out of it. I'm like, girl, why don't you, you know, like you got like a, another dress and doesn't have glitter on her or whatever, and she is wanting the Cinderella dress. Even though she doesn't know it's Cinderella, she thinks it's Elsa, but we're poor. So, <laughs> so, so we, we get the thing on her. We get the thing on her, and she is going all over the house because she is Princess Elsa. And she's all over my stuff, on my pillow. And, I, and I'm, a sh- I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like a, a night showerer. I thought I was about to cuss just now. It almost sounded like I did. So... <laughs> Those in the comments, I did not say what you think I just said online. Anyway, so I'm a night showerer. I'm not a morning showerer. So I lay my head down to sleep and I'm like trying to get some sleep. And I wake up and I've got glitter all over me and I don't have time to take a shower. So I've got this glitter and I'm like rubbing my face all day. And, it, and I realized something when, when I go to put it in my contact is that I have a new fear. And it's that, that there's going to be a piece of glitter on my eyeball, and I'm going to trap it behind my eye. I'm going to have to go to the hospital. They're going to have to take my eye out, okay? This is, this is a legitimate fear. If you are a dad that is by himself, trying to do his best, all the good stuff, all right? So um, I, didn't, I, don't have a, I don't think I do anyway, but I do have glitter around my eyes, in my hair, in my hairline. If I had a hairline left, anyway, I do. Anyway, uh, but I realized something. Is that that glitter, that like, whoop, if that was in my eye, that would catch everyone's attention, right? And that's exactly what we do inside of our lives. We've got this huge beam in our eye and we're, and we're like, we're fine, we're fine. This is fine, I have this handle. And then we look out and we see somebody with that glimmery, little shiny, little piece of glitter. And we say, ooh, you've got glitter on your face, right? Oh my goodness, what happened? Did you, did you kiss a Smurf? I don't know. Do Smurfs have glitter? I don't know. I'm... <laughs> I'm like 12, okay? I don't know Smurfs. I just thought of the word. (laughs) But we do the same thing in our lives. So what Jesus is saying is, is saying, judging off the table for a minute, look at yourself. Do you have something that is so insurmountable inside of your life that you are causing yourself to overlook your own sin, to look at other people's lives and judge their sin? And for most of us, we say, yeah. Yeah, we do. Because it's easier for us to judge the person with purple hair than it is for us to judge ourselves. Right? 
We're like, ooh, that's weird. We don't know anything about them. The second truth that comes out of this, verse 5, is you're being judged by others. The world sees you and you cannot hide it. It says this, hypocrite. First, take this, hypocrite. First, take the log out of your eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Why would it say that? Why would it say hypocrite? It's because that people can see through your life. They know you've got a log. So when we go around, we're walking around and we're like, Judging you, judging you, judging you, judging you. You didn't show up to church last week. What's that all about? Your husband let your kids have glitter. Judge. I know one of you moms in here are judging me. Okay, I didn't know. It's fine, whatever. But we, we, judge, we judge people. We do not understand that we are also judged. And it's not by God, it's by other people. So it matters how we walk. It matters that we don't have big planks, two by fours, logs in our own eyes. It matters. So judging yourself, do you have a plank? Taking that plank out is how we we, we actually have a, a playing field where we can look at the world and approach that word called judging, right? Once we've figured out our own situation, our own lives, we can take a deep breath and say, okay, now can I judge people? Well, that brings us to the third point inside of verse one through six. In verse six, it says this. Don't give what is holy to dogs, or toss your pearls before pigs, or they will trample them under your feet, turn and tear you to pieces. You know what he's talking about? He's not talking about Christian Joe or Janie. He's talking about non-Christians. So be careful not to judge non-Christians. Be careful. You know why? Because in this world, actually, not that. Jesus, I was going to try to give Jesus a, a way out, but no. Jesus is not calling people who don't believe in God dogs and pigs because he thinks they're dogs and pigs. He's making the illustration that people who don't believe in God will not appreciate the pearls. They're not going to appreciate the good stuff that God has to give. And one of those things, biggest thing, is Jesus. So when you, yourself, are sad and a little bit depressed that people don't like you because of the God you serve, remember, they don't have to appreciate you. And you do not have to judge them. You are called to care about yourself and your brothers and sisters in Christ. That doesn't mean that we don't care for people who, are not, who aren't Christians. It doesn't mean that we don't preach the gospel. It doesn't mean that we, we don't do the, um, the Great Commission. It doesn't mean any of that. It doesn't cheapen any of that either. 
But what it means is that our standard in which we go to the world, it better be careful. Because if I had a huge log in my eye, you're going to think it's a problem. If you are a Christian, you're going to say, okay, you've got this thing in your life. And log inside of your eye, take that out of the way. If I have sin in my life, if I have things that are ruining my relationship with God, with my relationship with my wife, with my relationship with other brothers and sisters in Christ, if there is something that is in between me and God's people or me and God, you better tell me about it. Right? I'm opening myself up right now to be judged, but not by everybody. Be judged by the people who need to judge me, who God's called to judge me. And judge, ah, it hurts. It feels kind of nasty on our tongues because we think like judge, negative, boom. I'm talking about building someone up in Christ, going to a brother or sister in Christ and being like, I just got to tell you, you're distracting people from God, honestly. But it is not our job ever to judge those who are not on our own stand or held to our own standard, which is God's standard, right? So if you're taking the gospel and you're saying that there are pearls and you're going around and you're saying, you must, you must wear these pearls. The illustration is, no, you're not offering pearls to people who will appreciate pearls. You're offering pearls to people who may not appreciate that. So if you are judged, the answer is not to judge back. Not immediately. And when we get that, we get to this, these next verses. Check this out. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock at the door, it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Who among you, if his son or his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? The answer is nobody, right? Um, or if he asks for a fish, will be given or give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? This is about salvation. Clear, simple, right? But this verse gives us so much more insight into what God will give to help us out. Most of us as Christians have heard those verses and said, you knock and you seek and you ask God and he will give it to you. Salvation, right? But it's not just talking about salvation. It's talking about everything that we need and our Father who is in heaven wants good things for us. Check this out. 17-year-old Noah is in, on the border, having a great time, having a great time with my mom. My mom's like a really sensitive subject for me. Everyone knows that. So this is what happened to my mom. We're having a great time. And I have a mohawk, obviously. And I had a mohawk from when I was like 13 to 17. And every once in a while, I'd, I'd grow up my hair and so I could just like do like this and like a dog. But then I would cut a mohawk into it. That's how Caitlin met me. She chose this, all right? So 
So I have this mohawk, and, and really, honestly, it hasn't gotten me in a lot of trouble, but we're at, on the border. I'm 17 years old, and my mom, we're having a great time, and then all of a sudden, her whole demeanor changes. She gets real sad. She's, like, not talking or anything like that, and then we get inside of the car, and my sister and, is, like, trying to talk to her and being like, it's okay, mom. Hey, hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And I finally get it out of my mom what the problem was, and it was that a couple at another table said, who would let their kid get a mohawk like that? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Make you want to smack someone in the face, right? And in hindsight, it hurts even more because my mom loved me so stinking much, right? She loved me so much that she said, you know what, son? If you want a mohawk, get a mohawk. My mom was like really edgy. She had tattoos all over. She was like, yeah, what's up with it? But she did not find an issue with me having mohawk, but it was only when she was judged that she was hurt. Because of her, her parenting choice, she was judged. That's like a silly little thing, but it stuck with me for the last 13 years. And I've thought to myself, why would you judge somebody for that? And here's the deal. I became a pastor, right? Like, there's worse things I could have become, right? You know that laugh right there? It's because you guys believe that. You guys know. I'm sorry I tricked you guys into it. You know you've judged people. You know you've looked at people with the mohawk, the purple hair, the earring that's like right here, which I don't understand. Have you seen that? It's a sternoclavicular earring. <laughs> but you judge them just like I do. Why? It's because our knee-jerk reaction in life is to divert our own feelings of our own sin, our own, our own pride, all of that like nastiness. It's a turmoil going on in our hearts that God's working with and to look at other people and say, you're not doing it right. Judge, 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 judge. And we've done it in the wrong way. So this is what we have to do. According to this, we have to ask, seek, knock. Go to God and say, God, I need, I need help with this. this. This verse could be used for pretty much anything that you need help with, Right? And my daughter, she totally wanted to wear that dress. And I'm a good dad. I'm going to let her wear that dress. Right? I, 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 actually, I can't say that because she gets older. She wants to wear a certain dress that's a little high. Nah, not doing that. But, um, but if we have a problem with judging, which we do, we have a problem with looking at other people and saying, you are not perfect, which elevates ourselves, makes us feel better, right? We have to go to God and we have to ask him. We have to seek godly judgment. That's what we need to do. If you are having an issue with this, which you are, seek godly judgment. That's your only option. Your option is to seek godly judgment or 
be stuck in a rut of judging people who don't deserve it. And there are people who are, who are not in this room yet that in the next few years are going to be in this room. And if we don't seek godly judgment, pursue godly judgment, they will walk in, they will see all of our logs, they'll say, this place is crowded and leave, right? But if they come in and they see us laying down the, the logs that are inside of our eyes, the, the, the things that, that, are, the, that are in the most intimate parts of our bodies that, that are pushing us away from God, if they see people who are laying down their pain and their hurt and their sin at the feet of Jesus, then guess what? You can judge them. Because <laughs> they're going to come to Christ. And guess how you're going to be able to judge them? Eye to eye. Clear of the things that hinder you. Clear of the things that separate you from God. But you'll be able to say, you know what? I'm working on it too. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in pain just like you are. I struggle with stuff just like you do. Let's work on this together as brothers and sisters in Christ. See, that, now when you think of judgment in that way, that feels a little more palatable, right? Oh, I, could, I could do that. Exactly. The, the, um, the passage continues, and it says this, and I have to hurry quickly because I wanted to be any time that Clayton's ever done. Um, verse 7, uh, verse, verse 7, verse 12 says this. Therefore, whatever you want others to do, do also the same for them, for this is the law and the prophets. So do unto others you would, the golden rule, right? But we've cheapened it a lot by forgetting what God can do, the therefore, what he's done inside of our lives. And we've looked at it and said, karma, whatever you do to me, I get to do to you. Or whatever I do to you, you can do to me. Is how we read it, right? And we say, no, you have to use the golden rule. And we plaster that on the walls of our elementaries. And we're like, golden rule, golden rule, golden rule. But the golden rule takes away two of the most important parts, God and God. God gave it to us. God will help us with it. We need God's help. And when we do unto others as they, we would have them do unto us, we're not doing it for them. And we're not doing it for us. We're doing it for God. Right? Unless if we're not. Then we have to get our hearts right. Moving on even further. Matthew 7, 13 through 14. This is the, the last verse we're going to go through today. Enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the road is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life and few find it. Stay in your lane. That is the best way to find out. Am I judging correctly? Stay in your lane. If you're staying in your lane, the people who are going in the direction that you're going with, they're going to be Christians, Christian brothers and sisters, right? So the people that you look beside you and you say, ooh, Things are getting pretty hairy over there. You all right? That's going to be okay. And when people, they, they walk by you and they're going the other direction and they hurl insults at you, you can just gladly say, I'm not going the way that you're going. 
I'm secure in my salvation. I'm going towards the narrow gate, which is difficult, which is so difficult. It is so difficult to say to the world, I'm just going a different way, right? It's hard. It's hard to form those those thoughts inside of our heads that that say like, I'm going to go against where everybody else is going. I'm going to go to the narrow gate. And if you don't have those Christian brothers and sisters around you, you will fall into judgment where you are judged and you judge back. And it's this disgusting, nasty thing, right? And then you're back at square one, being a Christian or hurling insults or judgment at people who You have no business judging. At the end of the day, God is going to judge us all. End of the day. And we on earth, we are are only tasked with judging correctly. Judging a better way. These are those three ways. So summarize this. Three better ways to judge. Judge rightly. Judge considerably and judge heavenly. Judge rightly, you judge yourself. You say, you know what? I'm the only person who, who I am in control of. So, so you judge yourself. You take that plank out of your eye. You judge considerably. You look at other people and you say, you know what? I, I, have, no, I have no reason to judge you for whatever reason. Uh, Jesus modeled this in a perfect way real quick. Jesus, when he was in front of a Samaritan woman, he said, you know what? Do you want a drink of water? She said, oh, yes, I want a drink of water. He said, I'm going to give you living water. And that made sense to her. Then he was in front of Nicodemus. And Nicodemus, did he ask if he wanted water? No. He said, you have to be born again. Why did he say that? To open up another conversation where Nicodemus would be alone with Jesus and Jesus would be able to tell him that, you know what? Being born again is not this like weird, like I have to crawl back into my mother, which is, if you don't know the story, read it. That's what he says. Okay, do I have to crawl back into my mom? Jesus is like, absolutely not. You have to die yourself. And I will give you this new life. And Nicodemus says, okay. (laughs) But that made sense to Nicodemus. And then when the religious leaders were getting at Jesus, what did Jesus do? He walked away. Why? Because they were, they were just trying to hurl insults at Jesus. They weren't trying to better the, the, what would be the gospel. They didn't believe in Jesus. They were just trying to hurt Jesus. So Jesus said, I have nothing to say to you guys. He didn't even go that far. It says that he refused to answer them. That's what Jesus did to the religious leaders. Which teaches us that if we're in a situation where considerably judging someone else means keeping our mouths shut and keeping our eyes closed to something because we're like, this is not for me to judge. This is for God to take care of. I plant the seed and I walk away because that is not my crop to reap. Right? Sometimes that's the best option. And sometimes judging considerably is looking beside you at your brothers and sisters and being like, I'm struggling or you're struggling, right? Just complete honesty. And then judge heavenly. I don't know if that's the right, like, hooked on phonics way of saying that. Um, But judge heavenly. Know where you're headed and head there quickly. Keep your eyes on Jesus. 
Colossians 3.2, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you know you have died and now you are hidden with Christ in God. That's where our focus is. That's through the narrow gate. And that's where we're called to go and that's where we're called to, to be right now in this moment. So judge appropriately. Let's pray. God, you are so gracious to us and I know, I know you have amazing work for your people to do. God, I pray that you will help our hearts not to judge those that we have no business judging and that we should judge ourselves, take the log out of our own eye and also to help other brothers and sisters get up off their their bums, if they've been knocked on their bums, God, and, and seek you first. Help us seek you first. And if there's anybody in this room that has never given their life to Jesus, that they're saying, you know what, I, I can't be judged rightly because I don't have a relationship with God. God, I pray that they won't leave this place without putting their trust and their hope in you, God. God, we love you so, so deeply. We're looking for your guidance. We need you, God. We are asking, we are seeking, we are knocking at your door, God. Help us. We will always give you glory. We will always give you praise forever and ever. Amen.